0: Welcome to the Summit County HealthCast, a podcast to improve the health and wellness of residents in Summit County, Utah. Join us as we interview local experts, professionals, and more to provide you with the best health and wellness tips Summit County has to offer. Let's get started.
1: Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of the Summit County HealthCast. Today I am here with Serene Brooks, who is one of our health educators and is going to talk to us a little bit about nutrition and some of the other things she does here at the health department. How's it going, Serene? It's going great. Glad to have you. So let's get into it. Give us a little background on yourself, how long you've been at Summit County, some of your interests outside of work.
0: Okay, well first of all I'm married and I've got four boys and two of them are married and I have a little adorable granddaughter. I love being with my family and I love the outdoors. I'm with all boys. We do a lot of hunting, camping, fishing, that kind of stuff. So it's really fun, adventurous life I have.
1: And you just got back from Columbia, Just got right? back from
0: Columbia, safe and sound. Awesome. Yep, it was an awesome experience. Not our typical vacation. Usually vacation is load up the trailer and up the mountains, but this was a great experience, so it was good. And a lot of nutrition things I Learned there so that's kind of an interesting view from a dietitian to go to Columbia, go to a country like that. It's kind of fun. And I've been here
1: at Summit County for about a year and a half. How did you, what were you doing before you got here at Summit County as far as nutrition, dietitian wise?
0: Before I started here at Summit County, I didn't actually have an official job in the health field. I have two boys with type 1 diabetes, and so I spent a lot of time learning about diabetes. I spent a lot of time being involved with organizations such as the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. And so that was kind of an interesting start to where I'm at right now. But about six years ago, I decided that I wanted to be able to find some way I could go out and help others who have gone through what I have with diabetes and children with diabetes. I had some really good educators that helped me and that kind of directed me back to college. I became a registered dietitian and I am currently working on becoming a certified diabetes educator. That's kind of my background on that. I did get to spend a lot of time doing internships during my education and I had the opportunity to do counseling and education in the hospital, and I also got to do a lot of community nutrition and work with, like USU Extension and SNAP-Ed, things like that, working with food banks. So I've had a little experience that way, but not officially as a job until now. So this
1: has been a really great opportunity for me. Cool. Well, we're definitely glad to have you here. Why don't you tell us next what your role as a health educator includes?
0: Well, the great thing about my job is, There's just a lot of variety. I do a lot of different things. I spend some time in my office doing paperwork and that, but I get to spend a lot of time out in the community. And my main role here is chronic disease prevention. That's a really rewarding thing for me. I've been able to implement some programs to work on heart disease, stroke, and diabetes prevention. I've also been able to do a lot of education in the schools and with community groups. I work with food banks to help encourage healthier donations and make the public aware of other ways they can donate besides canned goods and help people understand that there are people that come to the food bank in their own community that don't have access to fresh fruits and vegetables. And I think we forget about that. And I've also been able to work on some worksite wellness programs for Summit County. We do seminars and I've been doing a diabetes prevention program for the employees here. So that's been a really rewarding part of my job as well, is just being able to go out and meet with people
1: and do education and help make them aware. So let's actually talk for a minute about food banks because we've had a conversation in the past about it. And this time of year with the holidays being around and then after that, just in the winter time, I think people's awareness of, you know, needing to give to food banks is up. But there's a lot of things that food banks don't get that they really need and a lot of things they get in excess of that maybe people don't realize when they're going through their pantry or whatever, looking for things to donate.
0: Yeah, that's that's all true because right now with Christmas, the holidays being here in general, they do get a lot of donations, but it still ends up being mostly canned goods. People don't realize that they can donate fresh produce to their local food bank. The first thing I would suggest is they could even stop by their local food bank and ask them what they are short on. That's usually what I do when I'm trying to come up with a list of suggested items for donations for food drives. I'll talk to the food bank and just see what they're short of or what people have really been looking for. The other thing that you want to do is just think about the things you use on an everyday basis. So Think of what things you like to eat. Think of what other things you use. The food banks will accept other donations as well such as personal hygiene products, back-to-school supplies. You can just really think outside the box and come up with things that you know you would want on a daily basis and try to avoid the canned goods. When the larger food drives come around they usually are all canned goods and so they get plenty of canned goods. The large food drives have to do it that way because that's the only type of food they can transport. But when it's just a single person donating on their own, you could take a bag of apples or things like that because you can just take them in yourself. So just think outside the box and think of things that you would really want to use, and those would be the things you donate.
1: Now that we've kind of done an overview of your responsibilities here at the health department, As I've been doing these interviews, I find there's always one or even a handful of things that the people here, that they wish the public knew more about, and basically things we're trying to get word out to the public about. So regarding your role in health education, what's one thing that you do or you offer that the public might not know about, and what's something, how can people take more advantage of that?
0: Well, with my job right now with chronic disease prevention, there really aren't a lot of actual programs available to the community mainly because they're just kind of getting up and going through the health department however the things that I do to help with the community is I partner with other organizations that are already doing programs through the communities so places like eats of park city or uh, maybe religious organizations that already have programs and groups of people that they meet with and then i've been able to go in and do education or provide resources of uh, information for people that they need so probably the best way to take advantage of the things i can do is to just ask organizations that are already providing things there's education that could be brought in from the health department because we can go in and provide education
1: if we're invited. Working with some of these outside organizations across the county, I'm sure you you get a good look at kind of the overall health and wellness of Summit County and its residents. So what are some specific health challenges you see Summit County currently facing, or some challenges that you think we might face within the next 10 years or so?
0: This is a really great question, Derek. One of the biggest problems we face as far as chronic diseases related is just the increased numbers of cases that we're starting to see. There's 1.4 million Americans diagnosed with diabetes every year, and it's the seventh leading cause of death. Having diabetes doubles your risk for heart disease and stroke, and is the number one cause of kidney failure. Just having that one chronic disease brings on a whole bunch of other complications, and then, Other things such as stroke and heart disease are also growing quite rapidly. So that's probably the thing that I can see that's one of the challenges we're gonna have as a health problem in Summit County. It's really difficult to make lifestyle changes to prevent those things from happening. But we provide education and resources and it's really just up to people to take advantage of that. And that's the other problem we're facing is just the difficulty of making those changes in order to prevent chronic disease. If we can catch things before they happen so we can get a healthy person and educate them and give them information that will help them prevent it, then we're going to come out way ahead. But it's sometimes hard for people to see in the future. If they're not already sick, they don't see a need to make changes, and that's where we're going to run into trouble. We are making a lot of strides right now to Mm -hmm. help combat that. We have a lot more social media available through the health department that can provide information and awareness. And that's something we haven't had before. And I think that's where a lot of people turn to is what's available on social media. And We also have programs that we're getting up and going and I'm hoping they're available to the community in the future because that is how we're going to raise awareness to help people understand that there's things they can do about it right now. They don't have to wait till they have something wrong to try to
1: make changes. They want to prevent the things from happening. Just a quick rundown for people who maybe haven't looked too much into diabetes prevention or Aren't as knowledgeable about the disease. What are some things that we can be doing today to basically help us prevent from getting diabetes? Two, what are what are some signs that maybe we need to see the doctor or something could be going on?
0: Specifically for diabetes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The main thing to do as far as prevention goes, whether you are at risk for diabetes or not, is to have a routine physical activity schedule that you follow as little as 20 minutes a day. So up to about 150 minutes a week has been proven to help decrease the risk of getting diabetes and other chronic diseases. So 150 minutes a week really isn't a lot. That doesn't have to be done in every, every day doesn't need to be done in a 30 minute increment. It can even be 10 minutes here and there, but it's really important just to get that little bit of physical activity. And by that, I mean just a brisk walk. So I think some people think it takes so much more than it does. The other component to it is to have a healthy weight. So if you have a little weight you need to lose, as little as 5% weight loss has been proven to help reduce the risk of getting diabetes. And if you already have diabetes or pre-diabetes, that also has been proven to help lower your blood sugar levels there's just some basic things such as that to help decrease your risk and that all goes back to healthy eating, choosing fruits and vegetables, avoiding excess calorie intake. So those are all ways that you can help prevent diabetes from even coming. Now it is really important to understand the symptoms of diabetes because it can be a a big concern. There's two types of diabetes. There's type 1 which is an autoimmune disorder, and it's not something that's brought on by lifestyle change. And the reason that can be dangerous is it comes on so quickly, and it comes on often in really young children. So you don't, they can't communicate and maybe tell you how they're feeling. So some of the symptoms for that would be severe thirst. You have such an increased thirst that you can't even quench it, an increase in urination. It also affects vision. Usually there's an extreme weight loss especially for young children you shouldn't see weight loss at all so they'll have weight loss any of those symptoms come up at all that it's really urgent to go see a physician for type 2 diabetes a lot of times you don't feel the symptoms and that's what's scary about that one it's just brought on by the body's inability to utilize the insulin it has and so your blood sugar levels may be increased but you may not feel any different with that it's important to just have a routine physical exam every year and have blood tests taken and understand what they mean and make sure you follow through to know what your blood sugar levels are and if there's ever concern by a doctor to make sure that you follow through and get the education you need to to help with it over time you will start to see those other symptoms as well but a lot of times type two is just symptom free
1: Okay, great. And also, we just like to let people know that we have a lot more great resources on the website as well about this type of information. And I'm sure people are welcome to stop by the health department as well if they'd like to learn more or get more information on that. Talking about kind of weight loss weight gain signs of diabetes things like that kind of segues us nicely into our next topic and when this podcast airs it will be just after the new year which as everybody knows is the time of year that everybody gets their resolutions out and is going to be the fittest and the leanest and the meanest they've ever been with that in mind what are some tips one before we get into kind of getting on track with our diet What are some tips just to get back on the wagon after kind of the holidays have been here and we've been pigging out at family parties and things like that? Well,
0: that is a common thing. First of all, you want to not let your slips that you made over the holidays discourage you. Quite often people think, well, I kind of blew it. So I'm just not gonna bother because I've eaten so poorly. I'm just not gonna worry about it anymore. So you kind of can't let those discourage you from jumping back into your healthy routine and then just find ways to get active again bundle up and go outside go for a walk take a 10-minute break at work and walk around your building find somewhere inside to exercise if you don't like being out in the cold and those are all really important things sometimes the cold weather really discourages people from getting out and moving but you still can get out and move even when it's cold the next thing is to just plan ahead you need to start shopping for healthy meals again. Most of the times after the holidays, people are all a sudden back into having to cook for themselves again, their parties are over, and the big dinners they are used to going to are all done. And you have to kind of get back into your routine of making a menu and planning what you're gonna eat for snacks and meals, and just make sure that you get back into that routine again and then start cooking all your meals from scratch.
1: So how important is that to actually plan a menu out in advance before you go to the store and before you start your week?
0: It's pretty important. (laughs) If you don't have a plan when you get to the store, you tend to buy things that you don't need or that you don't necessarily want to eat. You really do have to keep in mind what are you gonna snack on that day, not just what are you gonna have for meals, but are you gonna have potato chips for every snack, or do you maybe need to pick up some apples and some carrots and things like that. So it's really important to have a plan and have that in mind. Otherwise, you tend to just buy things that
1: you really shouldn't be eating. Which I think that's an important part to mention is the snacks you're picking up as well and just being aware of what you're eating when it's not mealtime because you can completely ruin your, if, you know, if you're counting calories or if you're just trying to be a little healthier overall, you can completely ruin your day with a bag of chips and salsa that you, you eat the whole thing without even realizing it and then boom.
0: That's exactly right. And if you've shopped and planned for things that you really enjoy snacking on, then that's what you'll snack
1: on if you have them there available. Getting into, like we said, the new year and maybe people resolving to lose weight, what's some kind of dieting 101 information? Obviously, it's going to be different from person to person, but just to keep people away from maybe some harmful or crazy diets, uh, what's, some, what's some basic guidelines people can look at as they're trying to figure out how to improve what they're eating? I'm
0: glad you brought this up because I love to talk about dieting. This is a fun topic. Think about if the diet you're on is not something you could stay on for a really long time. It's probably not a good diet to be on. I don't like to look at the way you eat as dieting if you're trying to lose weight or trying to eat better. I just like to look at it as making a healthy lifestyle change and not looking at it as a diet. For some reason the word diet kind of brings on this anxiety. Usually diets, especially if it's just a fad diet that's going around, they are really difficult to stay on. So that's the first clue that you're not eating correctly is if it's something that's really hard to stick to and something that's really miserable and you just can't wait to get off of it. Then also keep in mind that a safe amount of weight to lose is about one to two pounds a week. So you have to be a little bit patient when you're trying to lose weight. The longer it takes to lose it, the more likely you are to keep it off. So if you only lose one or two pounds a week, or even a pound every two weeks, you're still better off to do it that way. So you just kind of have to be patient and do it slowly. There's just no quick fix to dieting and weight loss. Uh, Another important aspect of it is just to combine your portion control with physical activity. Physical activity, you just don't see a great amount of weight loss with physical activity, but it is the best way to prevent chronic disease is physical activity. That's its best main role is to help prevent chronic disease. So you want to keep that in mind, but it also does, it does help and it encourages you to eat better and you feel better and you look better, you get toned. So there's a lot of aspects about it, but you can't get discouraged by the fact that you don't burn a lot of calories when you go for a walk still has a role and it's still very important. So combine that with eating more healthy. Another really important thing I like to always tell people is to never completely eliminate their favorite food from what they eat. So if your favorite food is cheesecake, you should really have a piece of cheesecake once in a while. There's no reason to completely take it out of your diet. But maybe have a small piece of cheesecake and not two or three pieces of
1: cheesecake. (laughs) Moderation is the key there, right? (laughs) That's
0: the key, but you don't want to take it out of your diet or you won't be happy. And I like to tell people, I, I compare when you're eating, when you eat dessert and it tastes really good. But the longer you eat that piece of dessert, it starts to not taste as good. The first bite always tastes the best. So have the first bite, have the first two bites, and then don't eat the rest. There's nothing wrong with throwing a little bit of food away. I always tell people it's a big of a waste to eat it if they aren't hungry or don't need it than if they throw it in the garbage. So it's okay to not eat a whole piece of dessert. Have a bite or two and enjoy those first two bites that taste so good and get rid of the rest. It's also another way to help improve your intake is just to share a meal with someone. If you're going out to eat, even though you're hungry and it looks good and it tastes good, you almost always get full on half of a plate if you're at a restaurant. So share a meal with somebody and find out that you'll probably be pretty happy with how much you ate. And then just always make sure you make half of your plate fruits and vegetables. That will help you control the other portions that you put on your plate. If you just fill your plate with produce first and put a little bit of meat
1: and a starch and that will control your calories right there. And I think that's an interesting thing you brought up is that just because it's on your plate doesn't mean you have to eat all of it. (laughs) You know, like you said, you can throw it out or you can take it home. I think us, and I'm sure all of our parents told us growing up, they're, they're starving children somewhere in the world that would be grateful to have this and you need to finish it. But like you said, I think it's important to realize that eating all that food, one, you're going to be stuffed and not feel great, but then instead of throwing it away and, you know, what amounts to just a small a small portion overall probably, it's obviously better to throw it away than have to work off all those extra calories, right?
0: Yep, that's exactly right. I think intuitive eating is really the key to an easy way to eat right. If you're hungry, you need food. And once you're full, you really need to stop eating. And if you do that for a few days, you'll find that you feel so much better when you're not overfull. I'm always happier when I don't overeat. But yeah, don't be afraid to throw things away. People have a really, really hard time not eating every bite on their plate. And it's really a good habit to get into practice listening to your hunger cues and decide when you're done and, and quit before you're overfull.
1: Great. So we talked about different serving sizes and portions and planning a menu ahead, but how important is it to be measuring these serving sizes down to, you know, what we're suggested to do and maybe count calories and sticking to those numbers? How much does that matter when you're trying to lose weight to be hitting certain numbers like that, or is it just better to plan overall, kind of watch yourself, or should you be tracking things closer than that?
0: Well, as funny as it sounds, measuring your food is actually a really important step in understanding how much you're eating. Most people are surprised at how much they are actually eating and how big their portions are. So it's really important to measure, especially your favorite foods that you're going to eat often, is to measure the food and see what it looks like on your plate. And then figure out how many calories is in it. And I think it's difficult to count every single calorie you eat all day long. I really think that's a hard thing to stick with. There's a lot of apps out there you can track your calories on and you can go in and Just put the serving size and the food you ate, and it will calculate your calories for you. But it is kind of time-consuming, so the best thing to do is just have a really good understanding overall of how many calories are in servings and how big of a serving you're actually eating. Most people eat way larger servings than they even realize they're eating. A lot of times, you look at the nutrition label, and you'll realize that those serving sizes contain a lot more calories than you thought they had in them.
1: And we so. just actually had an experience with this. A few weeks ago when I came back and I brought in fast food uh, for lunch and I we were talking and I was like, well, it's not that bad for me, you Now, obviously it's a lot of food. And you had me go and look up the number of calories I was actually eating that meal and it was like <laughs> half of what I should have been eating for the whole day. So it was definitely an eye opener for me and I think it's also a way that people kind of trick themselves into maybe eating more that they should, you know thinking, well, this isn't a cheeseburger necessarily, so it's better for me than that. But it's a case of, I think, good, better, and best, right?
0: Exactly. Yep. I remember that day. And it is true. People don't realize how much they're eating. And with fast food, there's resources online as well. You can find out how many calories are in anything before you even go to the restaurant. And most fast food restaurants have healthier choices, but you have to be careful again, cause you may order a salad and you may eat all your calories in dressing. So once again, you could have just had a hamburger for how much dressing you put on your salad. You just have to think about what has calories in it and how many, and I like to tell people to try to get the most bang for their buck. So pick a food that's low in calories, but will keep you full. That way you're getting all the nutrition you need. You're getting some calories, but you're
1: not overdoing it on the calories which I think brings us into another point. What are, we hear a lot about superfoods and kind of foods that will make the fat melt off of you. And we talked a little bit about the importance of fruits and vegetables and stuff like that. And, or what are types of foods that people aren't getting enough of, or maybe creative ways to get these foods into their diet?
0: Most people are not getting enough fiber. You need to look for the fiber amount in foods. Sometimes it's difficult to get it, especially if you're eating a lot of refined carbohydrates, but look for whole grains, look for, and that's tricky too. You look at a label and it says uh, 100% wheat bread, but unless it has the word whole, then you're not getting the whole grain and the whole grain is important. You get different types of nutrients from the whole grain. You get fiber, pay attention to things like that. Most people don't get enough fruit and vegetables, especially vegetables. And I think it's really important to try different vegetables, get creative, learn how to cook a new vegetable. I would like to tell people to go to the produce section and see something that they've never tried before and put it in their cart and take it home and learn how to prepare it and try it. A lot of times you find something new that you really like that you had no idea you would ever like or even know what to do with it. I think it's really important to get the fruits and vegetables. People get enough carbohydrates. And I would never tell you to cut your carbohydrates out either. They're important for your body, for energy. But fruits and vegetables, fiber, whole grains, things like that are really lacking in the American diet. And mainly because people don't
1: make their foods from scratch.
0: They go out and they buy ready-made or they buy fast food. And so they're just not getting all of the things that they need
1: and i'm kind of going to throw a little curveball at you here and that's cleansing and i know that that's kind of a fad in certain groups so from a dietitian and a nutritional point of view what are your thoughts on that uh, is it actually worth it or are we just kind of punishing ourselves for no reason
0: i feel like cleansing that's what your kidneys do so if you've got <laughs> kidneys you're in pretty good shape So yeah, cleansing has kind of become a fad in a way, and you do lose weight quickly on a cleansing diet. That's why people, one of the reasons people love it, and they probably feel good and they think they're doing all these great things for their body, but really, if it boils down to it, they really just need to eat practical foods, uh, monitor the portion size, eat the right foods, eat the right fruits and vegetables, practice getting into a physical activity routine, and they would be just as well off as if they did a cleansing diet.
1: Right, definitely good advice. So closing up now, we talked about all the different things you can do, some of the things you could be eating. So if someone's inspired and motivated now and wants to kind of overhaul their diet and improve to lose weight, what are some things you can do to make sure that you're going to stick to this diet and kind of start out and being able to sustain that going forward?
0: Well, sustainability mainly comes from avoiding the fad diets. Those are really difficult to stay on they don't necessarily create health problems for the most part as crazy as some of the diets sound but they are difficult to sustain and with those fad diets if you lose weight too quickly which usually you do on a fad diet you're ending up losing lean body uh, tissue instead of fat so you, you you can only lose fat so quickly so then you start losing muscle along the way then Typically, the weight comes back on and usually even a little more than where you started out at. So you're heavier than you started, you have less lean body tissue, and you're just in a worse spot. Make sure if you're thinking of weight loss, be patient, just lose a little bit at a time and do it by portion control and avoid the fad diets.
1: Awesome. Great advice there. Wrapping things up. What's one thing you wish that the public knew or would take advantage of that they're maybe not doing right now regarding the health promotions and your specific role as a health educator here at the health department?
0: We're mainly here for as a resource, and we just want to make sure we provide accurate information to the public and we're happy to provide resources and be able to provide places they can go to get the help they need if it's not something that we offer here. We want to just get involved with the county so that we can help to provide that information. There's just a lot of things out there on the internet and different places where people just get misinformation. We're another resource of where you can find out where some really good, accurate information can be found. We have a variety of things we offer between chronic disease prevention, injury prevention, anything like that. And If you hear that the county's involved in it, then I would suggest that you go support what they're actually trying to do because a lot of times we'll partner with other organizations to provide activities or seminars or things like that. Just take advantage of them because you'll get some really good information and then contact information if you need more than you get from the
1: activity. And I just want to stress one thing you said earlier, and that's to, one, check us out on the website, the information we have there, but like you also mentioned, follow us on social media. We have a ton of great information there. We're always putting out and working with everyone to share, and that's at Summit County HD on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Well, Serene, thanks so much for stopping by, and we're looking forward to talking to you again. Thanks, Derek.
0: Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Summit County HealthCast. For news, program information, and more, visit us at summitcountyhealth.org. Stay healthy, Summit County.